Godzilla dimension. What's going on, guys? It's your host of the Cinematic Dimension podcast, Corey Gokris. It's been a long time since I've been able to do one of these podcasts. I finally have the time to do it. I just graduated college from the University of Arizona, but it's been cool. A lot of hectic stuff, but things are slowing down, so I'm finally pumped to get back on these podcasts. So let's jump right into it. We're going to be entering the Godzilla dimension, or it's actually pronounced in Japan, the Gojira dimension. We're going to be talking all things kaiju and kind of the little history of Godzilla leading up to this brand new film that just came out last week, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is actually the 35th Gojira film to come out since 1954. So Godzilla started in 1954 by Toho Studios who has had the rights to Godzilla since its inception. So Godzilla 1954 was directed by Ishiro Honda and is considered one of the great cinematic classics. It's not the most well put together film. The cinematography is not the best. The quality of the acting and everything is questionable. But it wins you over because it really is the first monster movie to be done in this way. Now, there's been monster movies before. I mean, King Kong, one of the greatest monster movies of all time, came out in 1933, well before this 54 film. And then you had a lot of Harry, um, Ray Harryhausen films that came out before. But the difference there is that all the American studio monster films were done with stop motion. This was the very first film to be done with what they call um, suit animation where there's just a guy in a monster suit walking around small cities on a set. This was the very first film to do that so it's kind of groundbreaking when it was done back then. And the more importantly this first Godzilla film was kind of a way to help Japan deal with the fallout still from World War II. You know, what ended World War II was the two nuclear bombs dropping over Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And this film was kind of turned into an allegory where Godzilla represents the fallout and devastation of those nuclear bombs that dropped on them. And even in the all Godzilla films, Godzilla is created from nuclear testing, nuclear wars, and all that stuff. So that's kind of help them take back that pain and grief and try to turn it into something good, which obviously they were able to do. When you watch the film again, you really have that appreciation knowing the backstory for it, even though it's not the greatest film of all time. And it even could have stood the test of time if it was just one movie instead of being this huge franchise. That's how impactful it is on filmmaking. So fast forward two years, it's 1956. The United States decides they want to release Godzilla in the States. But they know that no one is going to go see a movie with subtitles and just Japanese actors. So what does Hollywood do? They get innovative and they decide to hire Raymond Burr, known as the great judge Perry Mason. And they insert him into the 1904 Godzilla film. Now there's a lot of ethical reasons why this is not the best idea. But I say I got to give them credit for the way they pulled it off. If you watch the 56 film without knowing the history of the 54 film, you couldn't tell the difference. They did a really good job of putting just one American actor inside the Japanese film. And he doesn't really do much. He kind of just watches the story from afar and narrates what's going on. 
But I think it's pretty cool the way they did that. And of course they had to give that film its own title. So they titled it Godzilla King of the Monsters! Exclamation point. Which coincidentally is the name of the new film that just came out in 2019. So they're kind of paying a little homage to that. And what's even cooler about the 1956 American version of Godzilla is that Raymond Burr, who played um, the American journalist Steve Martin in the 56 film, he reprised his role again in Godzilla 1985, which was the 30th anniversary of Godzilla. So that was kind of cool to see him come back. The movie's horrible, but to see him kind of come back, an old version of him taking on Godzilla again was kind of cool to see. So with the new film coming out, I wanted to brush up on the lore of Gojira. I didn't really know that much about him besides the main few films you're supposed to check out. But I wanted to dive deep. I wanted to check out not all of the films because 35 is way too much. But I wanted to, you know, get a good understanding. So I found a list of the films. I decided to check them out. Notwithstanding the original. I mean, that one's a classic. And keep in mind, Godzilla did have a sequel right away in 1955. In um, Godzilla Raids Again, which was not directed by Ashiro Honda. Ashiro Honda came back in 1962 for King Kong vs. Godzilla, which you know the anticipated re remake of that is coming out in 2020, the American version, which is going to be pretty cool. So, what I found out is, is that Godzilla steadily made films throughout the 60s and 70s. Took a tiny break in the early 80s, came back with Godzilla 85. And then it just kept going through the 90s until the 1998 American, first American version of Godzilla came out with Inspector Gadget's Matthew Broderick, which I'm a big fan of, but I know many people are not. But we're jumping way, way ahead. So I said to myself, let's check out some of these old classic Godzilla films. So the first one I chose was Jidora, the Three-Headed Monster, because I knew Jidora was going to be the main villain in the new 2019 film, so I should find out the real history of Jidora. So that was the fifth Godzilla film that came out in December 1964. I checked it out. It was okay. Not the best thing in the world, but I say, alright, it takes some time to get into these universes. Let's just keep pushing forward. So the next film I chose was the ninth film in the Godzilla franchise called Destroy All Monsters. I'm like, this is pretty cool. This puts all the monsters in there. Mothra, Rodan, Jidora. Some of the ones that I can't pronounce, they're all in there. I couldn't make it through it. I made it a film and a half. It's just... At the end of the day, these Godzilla films are B-movies. They're not that good. What's good about Godzilla is the name and the creatures. Everything else is not that good. Oh my god, I couldn't do it. I was driving myself crazy. You just had to fast forward through the rest of it. And it's also hard to go back and watch the old fight scenes, especially with all the technology advancement these days, than to just go back and see some guys in suits and the monsters just hugging each other because they can't really fight that much. They can barely move in these suits. As cool as they look, they, they can only pretty much hug each other. And then the roar, the Godzilla roar, is just stuck on loop. It's like brainwashing as they're fighting. Oh my god, I was going crazy. And I, I just, I couldn't do it. But it's not a knock on the films because they're a product of their time and very much appreciated at their time and by people of this time. We kind of have to acknowledge that they're not the greatest films of all time. They just have these awesome stylistic creatures, kaiju monsters that have helped Godzilla stick around for over 60 years. But 
do yourself a favor. If you're not into that B-movie campiness, don't waste your time. Oh, man. But before I get into the amazing Godzilla films that I love, I want to talk about how they kind of classify the Godzillas. They're kind of separated into three different dimensions or universes. It's broken up into different areas that have different characteristic styles of the creature and the filmmakers of the time. The first era of Gogeta is called the Showa period. Now each period is named after the emperor of Japan during that time. So in the Showa period you got from 1954 to 1975. Now what's notable about this period is much of the Showa series were made to be comical and laughable and to be films for children to watch. So a lot of it goes back to that B-movie type stuff where it's not supposed to be serious. Oh my god, there's a monster. How do we deal with this? It's supposed to be a joke. And that's why it's kind of hard to watch these days. But the films made during that time, you got some classic names and classic introductions. I mean, after the 54 original, you got Godzilla Raids again in 1955. Then you got King Kong vs. Godzilla in 1962. Then you have the introduction of Mothra vs. Godzilla, which Mothra had his own film... Or I believe it's a her. Mothra had her own film before and then was brought into the Godzilla universe. The same happened with Rodan. Rodan had his own film. Gamera had his own film. Jidora never had his own film because he's a villain. But it's kind of cool that they made their own universe before universes were even a thought. So Mothra vs. Godzilla came out in 64. Jidora the Three-Headed Monster came out in 64. So that was two films in 64. Then you had the invasion of the Astral Monster, which were these aliens coming to Earth. Godzilla had to fight in 1965. Then you had, I mean, the list goes on and on. You got Horrors of the Deep, Son of Godzilla, where he has a son, which I haven't seen the film, so I don't really know how that works out. But I learned with Gogeta, don't ask questions. So after Son of Godzilla in 67, you had Destroy All Monsters, All Monsters Attack, Godzilla vs. Hedora, Godzilla vs. Gingan, Gingan, Godzilla vs. Megalon, and then Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. This is one of the notable films of that time period, and one of the only serious ones of the Showa period. And it's kind of cool with the robotic Godzilla that can have all the powers that Godzilla has, so he kind of had a hard time defeating him. It also had the introduction of the Kaiju Monster Caesar, which is kind of this weird lion-looking thing that stands on two feet. Then you had a sequel to Mechagodzilla called Terror of Mechagodzilla. And that was in 75. And that's when Toho and Ashira Honda, the original creator of Godzilla, decided that this is the end of Godzilla's story in 1975. We're done. No more Gojira. But a funny thing kind of happened. When there was a nice 10-year gap break of Gojira films... There became this nostalgia for it in the early 80s. Because the 80s kind of had this nostalgia for all things 50. Where you got films like Back to the Future, American Graffiti, The Happy Days Show. So Godzilla originated in the 50s. So it was a natural reaction for people to kind of want to see Godzilla return. And Toho actually did this um, Godzilla marathon. Where they showed all the Godzilla films in a row that were already made. And then when they saw how big a deal that marathon was... They said, hey, maybe it's time to bring Godzilla back. So in 1985, they rebooted the Godzilla series, which is part of the Helsel period. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name right. But that was the new 
Godzilla series that started with the return of Godzilla. And that was also that I mentioned Godzilla 1985 where Raymond Burr comes back, the American actor from the original Godzilla film. So he comes back in 85 with the return of Godzilla. That's a big hit. Five years later in 89, they decide to keep rolling with it. They come up with Godzilla vs. Biollante. Then they decide to update King Ghidorah with another Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah in 1991. They also bring back Mothra into this new universe, Godzilla vs. Mothra in 92. Then they bring back Mechagodzilla with Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 in 93. Then they get Cosmic with Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla in 94. Then Godzilla vs. Destroya in 95. And that's the end of the Hellsoul period. Now we've reached the pivotal film that is known for many good reasons and many bad reasons. We've made it to the year 1998 with the American version of Godzilla. Toho released a license to the United States to make a film. And who do they get? None other than the disaster artist himself, Roland Emmerich who's just coming off Independence Day. He's the master of disaster. So I thought it was a great fit. Well, I didn't think. I was like four years old when it came out. But looking back, it sounds like it makes a really good fit to take Roland Emmerich to take the helm of this Godzilla film. They get Matthew Broderick to star, Inspector Gadget, Ferris Bueller. They set it in New York. They changed the design of Godzilla dramatically, where he's more like this lizard who kind of just exploded up and is this huge giant thing now. And the tone was very comedic, comedic relief, I would say. It's kind of like how Roland Emmerich does his films, especially like in Independence Day. And I love this film, and I grew up with it. I still have all my Godzilla figures. I have this huge version of it that I love to display. But I understand why people don't like it. It's not the Japanese Toho Godzilla. It's this American version Godzilla. And Godzilla is still a villain in this film. Where over time, very quickly in Japan, he became an anti-hero and he was a good guy. He would destroy cities and stuff, but that's just because of his size. He was always there to help the people and everything. Not this 98 Godzilla. He's back to being the villain, just like in 54. And they had to do everything they could to kill him. I enjoyed the film. Some people did, some people didn't. In the end, they did nothing. They tried to get a sequel going. Didn't happen. They did a cartoon series... Where um, Matthew Broderick's character raises a baby Godzilla and uses it to train and go on missions and stuff. But that was the extent of that. And then that universe is now defunct. I think it's a fun movie to go look back on and watch every now and then. It's a good time. If you're looking for just good plain time, watch Godzilla 98. But let me tell you. The Japanese were not happy with 98 Godzilla. So much so... That they decided to resurrect Godzilla again in Japan for the millennium period which lasted from 99 to 2004. And the first thing they did was Godzilla 2000. And this was a direct answer to the Americans 98 version. And they went all out having all kinds of creatures. I think Godzilla 2000 or maybe it's Godzilla Final Wars in 2004 that had the most monsters. But 2000 was close. And what's notable about Godzilla 2000 is that. There's one unnamed creature that he fights and kills very easily that looks just like the 98 Godzilla. So that was Japan saying, this is our Godzilla. So Godzilla came back on strong from Godzilla 2000, followed by Godzilla 25, which is called Godzilla vs. Megasaurus, which came out in 2000 as well. Then you had 
uh, another team up or not team up kind of just putting them all together with Godzilla Mothra and King Jadura in call in giant monsters all out attack which came out in 2001 so they was just training them out again and then in 2002 you had Godzilla fight Mecha Godzilla again and then in 2003 you had Godzilla Tokyo SOS which was another sequel to the Mecha Godzilla storyline and then in 2004 they wrapped up this Millennium series with Godzilla Final Wars. And this was again intended to be the final Godzilla film. Throwing everything they could into one film. Ten years go by. The Americans get another shot. It's now 2014. And Godzilla comes out in the United States once again. And this version is directed by Gareth Edwards. Who also went on to do Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Which is pretty good. This version is much well received by everyone around the world. It's more of an event film. Everyone rushed out to see it. It may have had a $93 million opening in the United States. And it had a big, more classic design of Godzilla. But he was more fuller. They kind of called him Fat Godzilla. But you got to change it up a little bit. So this was the first successful Godzilla outside of the Toho universes. And it set up its own universe called the Monsterverse. Which we're going to get a touch on in a few seconds here. So the 2014 came out with that but Toho said whoa whoa we're not done we're still the king of Godzilla we're gonna make one more film here in 2016 and we're gonna call it Shin Godzilla in Japanese Shin means true so the film is really called true Godzilla and I had a chance to check this out for the very first time a few days ago and oh my god this is the best Godzilla they've ever made out of all the different universes and productions. This is really the first time since 1954 that you feel the suspense and horror and terror as Godzilla stomps through the city. He's back to being a villain and they have to figure out how to defeat him. And the movie is very political because now Godzilla is more of an allegory on the devastating earthquakes that happened there a few years ago and how the government of Japan handled that. So what it kind of turns into is Jack Ryan versus Godzilla. All these government people get together and find a way to kill Godzilla. And I'm telling you, if, the, if you want to check out any of the Japanese Godzillas, this is the main one you have to check out. There's this one crazy emotional moment when they can't defeat Godzilla and they figure out the only way to defeat him is to drop nuclear bombs on him. And it's such a heartbreaking moment and you feel it with the characters. When they decide to bomb Tokyo after dealing with the two bombs from World War II. You can see the tears in their faces. They have to make that decision. It's crazy. And again, Shin Godzilla is amazing because you connect with the human characters. That's what all most of the 35 Godzilla's problem is. Is you don't care about the characters. So you can't go inside the mind of them if you don't care about them. Shin Godzilla does it perfectly. And it ends crazy. I'm not going to spoil the ending. But it's such a cool ending. It's so intense. It left the door open for sequels. But now it looks like that's not going to happen. And they pay great homage to the original. They have all the classic music in Shin Godzilla. And you get chills listening to it. Knowing the history of the music and that everything. They use it really really well throughout the film. But Shin Godzilla is the best Godzilla ever made. Hands down. And then Toho doesn't mess around. They don't slow down. In 2017 they made the first ever anime official Godzilla Godzilla Monster Planet, which debuted on Netflix. And then that had a sequel in 2018 called Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle. And then it had another sequel in 2018 called Godzilla 
the Planet Eater. This brings us to 2019, and the Americans, the United States, has finally made a sequel to the 2014 Godzilla, the first ever sequel to produce outside of Toho. It took them way too long, in my opinion. Five years is a little long to do a sequel, especially in this day and age. But they did have another film in this new MonsterVerse that they're creating. In 2017, they came out with Kong Skull Island, which is a new take on King Kong. And Warner Brothers now owns King Kong, which was always owned by Universal Pictures previously. And they made their own version of Kong. It was set in the 70s. It was a little different. Not the best thing in the world, but it's setting up the battle to fight Godzilla in 2020. So that came out in 2017, but there was still no mention of Godzilla. So Godzilla, King of the Monsters, wanted to improve on the 2014 film, which the biggest critique of that is that you don't see Godzilla that much. He's only in there for a total of nine minutes combined. What I learned, though, throughout learning the history of Godzilla is that this kaiju monster is not supposed to be in the film that long. Throughout his whole history since 54, the most time he's been on screen is around 20 minutes. And that's spread throughout. It's just not like 20 minutes straight. He's always supposed to be in the background to the story at hand, but when the story at hand's not good, it doesn't work. That's what made Shin Godzilla so amazing. So people complain that Godzilla's not in the movie a lot. But if he's used well, he doesn't need to be in there a lot. So this new film titled Godzilla King of the Monsters comes out. We have a new director in Michael Daughtry, who seems like he understands more of the history and how to handle Godzilla. You got a whole new cast with Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga from the Conjuring Universe. You got um, Millie Bobby Brown, who's the up-and-coming star who also stars in The Stranger Things on Netflix, which is a huge thing right now. But Ken Watanabe, who was in the um, 2014 Godzilla Returns, he's a really cool character because he plays the same character, Dr. Serizawa, who was in the 1954 film. So that was kind of cool how much to bring that character back. And he has a lot to do in this new film. And I gotta say, this 2019 Godzilla film, to me, is the second best right behind Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla is the best pure Godzilla where it's just him. But Godzilla King of the Monsters is the best one where our Godzilla is fighting other monsters. Because you got all kinds of monsters in this film. You got Jidora, Rodan, Mothra, the big moth. And a whole bunch of other ones pop up that I don't want to spoil if you haven't seen the film yet. But this was fun, exciting. Godzilla was on screen much more throughout. And he's clearly the hero again, more of an anti-hero. They're called the Titans in this universe. And these Titans have been sleeping low on the ground where there's stronger radiation. But now that the humans have been messing with radiation, they're coming back up to get a more taste of it. And one of the greatest experiences about this film for me was that all this time watching the older films and learning the history of Godzilla really paid off. Because when these creatures show up, like for Mothra, when he showed up or when she showed up, they had the original Mothra music playing. They paid homage to the twin fairies that kind of guide Mothra around. But the coolest thing for me was this one moment where Godzilla comes out of the ocean and they start playing the classic Godzilla music. It was just such a cool experience to hear that again because I know the history of the music and I know what it means and everything. And the filmmakers knew what they were doing this time to kind of mine from that whole 35 film history. And they kept the origins of King Gojira the same, which the origins of Gojira are. It's not really a spoiler, is that he's not one of the titans that lives in the earth. He came from outer space and was sent here by someone. In the 60s, he was sent here by aliens to take over Earth. We don't know who he was sent here by in this universe, and I don't know if we're ever going to find out. And again, like I said, you're not going to enjoy these films if you don't enjoy the human story. 
and I really enjoyed the human story about this family with Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown, and Vera Farmiga. A lot of people say that's the lowest point of this new film, but compared to 2014, where it was just about an army guy running around, you really didn't connect with them, and I really connected with this family more than I did in the 2014 version, and the whole bad guy plot and stuff, and why they're trying to release the Titans, it's kind of outlandish and cartoonish, but that's what Godzilla has always been, so it kind of stays in line with being true to Godzilla. And they do a great job throughout the film connecting this MonsterVerse, talking about all the, all the different monsters roaming around. They make multiple mentions to King Kong. And that's because in 2020, King Kong vs. Godzilla is going to come out. And with the way this movie ends, I have no idea how King Kong can beat Godzilla. I'm always going to be on King Kong's side. I'm always an ape guy. But going toe-to-toe -to -toe against Godzilla? Just one fire breath and Godzilla, um, King Kong's done. So I don't know how that's going to go. I'm sure Kong has something up his sleeve. That's going to be really cool to see in 2020. But unfortunately, these new Godzilla films are not the huge things that they should be. This um, new one opened to 49 million. Compared to the 2014 93 million opening, this is a very disappointing opening, I think, because people were so turned off by the 2014 film. Not everyone loved Kong, which made 61 million. So the trend keeps going down in the box office. And a lot of people are saying that if they didn't already shoot King Kong vs. Godzilla, they would have canceled it because these Godzilla movies are proving not to be that profitable. So I have a feeling that this monster MonsterVerse that they spent so much time creating is going to end next year in 2020 with King Kong vs. Godzilla, which is kind of sad because they won me back. I really enjoyed what they're doing here, but it's going to be a spectacle next year. So if you're kind of on the edge, you're not really feeling Godzilla, you didn't like 14, you've never been a really... Godzilla fan, I think you should, should go see this one and just have a plain good time. It doesn't have to be too serious. It doesn't have to be too silly. This is right in the middle. And it's kind of a nice break from all the superhero stuff going on. It's just back to classic kaiju monsters fighting each other. So what's next for Godzilla? I touched the fact that next year is King Kong vs. Godzilla. But for Toho, they got more plans coming. They're not going to do a sequel to Shin Godzilla. There was talks about that, but you don't really need to. I think it's so perfect. That leaving it just as a one-off film is great. They decided again that in 2021, because they can't make Toho can't make another Godzilla film till 2021. That's when the license runs out for the American version. So in 2021, Toho is going to make another reboot of Godzilla, and they're going to bring in all the monsters again. They didn't say it's going to be digital, but they want to do an update on everything again, just like the American version did. And that's going to wrap it up on the history of Gojira in the Godzilla films. Um, I tried to rush through 65 years of history film history here and it really is interesting from how he started as a way for japan to kind of group and come together and move past the world war ii bombings to where he is now where he's this kind of one of the heroes of japan and you don't mess with japan because godzilla is going to come after you and like i said it'll be very interesting to see the future of godzilla since the american market is not going to be that strong it looks like we'll see how king kong comes out next year and how Toho is going to keep the Godzilla brand going and that wraps up this Cinematic Dimension podcast thanks for listening as always you can find us on all the major podcast sites we're always posting on Instagram and Facebook I'm hopefully going to come back strong giving you all kinds of dimensions I'm really excited and for now you have exited the Godzilla dimension take it away Gojira hey!